0: I want to speak to us on loving people, Jesus style. Loving people, Jesus style. So, the Bible says to us in John chapter 3, 16, that for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but shall have what? Everlasting life. Now, no one, has ever been better at loving people than the one who came and laid down his life as a ransom for everyone on the planet that is Jesus Christ. No one. If you want to learn how to love, there's only one place to look, and that is Jesus. And so that's where we are going today. We want to take a trip with Jesus and watch him radically love someone in a way that changes their life and their whole community forever. So now let's define this Jesus love. Let me me define this. What does it mean to love, Jesus style? Loving people, Jesus style means looking for an opportunity to show love to a person, no matter how undeserving, in ways that leave a profound impression about God's best loving intention for his or her life. I know that's a lot. That's a mouthful. Let me repeat that again. Let me repeat that again. Loving people, Jesus style, means looking for an opportunity to show love to a person no matter how undeserving, that's, that's a key phrase that you must underline. No matter how in your own mind this individual may be undeserving. In ways that leave a profound impression about God's best for that individual. About God's loving intention for his or her life. Now, let's break it down. In Mark chapter 4, verse 1, don't go there, don't, don't turn to it, Don't. Go, I'm just going to tell you, Mark 4, 1. The Bible says, a large crowd gathered around Jesus. Loud crowd, okay? And that happened to Jesus a lot. Everywhere he went, he drew the crowd. People were drawn to him. Crowds, multitudes—we read that over and over and over in the four gospels. Multitudes were always drawn to him. In fact, I just quoted this scripture in John three sixteen: "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son." So we know He loved the world. We know crowds and multitudes were drawn to Him, and yet we do not change the world by changing the world. We change the world by touching one person at a time. I don't know if you just said what I just said. Even though Jesus loved the world, when you read the account of his life, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Pauline Epistles, you see that Jesus, even though he had his eyes on the entire world, he took the time to find that one person who may have been undeserving, who did not have the revelation of God's intention and best for them. He took that time out of the fact that he was missing to multitudes and zeroed in on them one one. He did it with Saul, who became Paul. He did it with Zacchaeus. He did it with Mary. He did it with Lazarus. And on and on and on. Even though his scope was global, but his ministry was intentionally, intentionally Personal. We have a vision in this house to build strong families, to transform nations by exercising kingdom dominion everywhere. But that will only happen not just, not in the sense that we come together and sit in a congregation like this or wherever we are meeting, but it will only happen to the degree that we take responsible responsibility for one person or one family at a time. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So the number one thing I want to say to all this morning is, look for the next person to love. This is where it starts. I, I don't think that's heard me. <laughs> Even though our goal is to reach the world and touch the world for God. The world is too big for you to touch. That's our scope, but the way we are going to do it is each one reaching one. That is the way we are going to unveil Jesus in 2019. We are going to be intentional in our love, and that in, that intentional love will be demonstrated by how each one reaches one. That's exactly what. Jesus did and I'm about to show that to you now. So, number one, in loving people Jesus style, number one is look for the next person to love. And I just described that to you. In Mark 4, 1, large crowd gathered around Jesus. But as you will see in chapter 5 of the book of Mark, he left the crowd to to go seek out the one. So, we, number one, must look for the next person to love. Number two here, let's go to Mark chapter 5. Give it to me in NLT, verses 1 through 5. Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. You know, as we studied in the book of Ephesians over the last several weeks, we explained how the book is broken into two. The first part describes our position in God. And the next part describes our responsibilities as a result of that positioning that we have in God. And Paul made it very clear in Ephesians chapter 4 and chapter 5 and chapter 6 that you and I should focus on loving relationships at different levels. Relationships with our neighbor. Relationships with our spouse. Relationships with our children. relationship with our uh, uh fellow uh, uh, workplace ministry or uh, fellow workers he emphasized that we should that that's, this is the place for us to force to live out or work out or display this position that we have in God so now look at Jesus in chapter 5 of mark so they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Ge now remember mark chapter 4 it was with multitudes it was in the multitude. Now in chapter 5, verse 2, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from a cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Now, I must say what I'm about to say. Okay. Oh, praise God. (laughs) And while I was just speaking, a miracle happened. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) So now my hands are free. Now I can preach. Hallelujah. (laughs) So the first point I made to you was look for the next person to love. Number two point I want to make now. Jesus left the multitude to seek out the one. Now in seeking out this one, the number two point I want to make is get over your prejudices. Get over your prejudices. These will hinder you in your ability to display the love of God. Let me tell you, this last weekend, my wife and I went out of town about two and a half hours drive from here. We met with three other pastoral couples, making eight of us. On the way there, myself and her and another couple that was with us, another pastor and his wife that was with us, stopped at a shopping center just driving up there. And we went to this particular store and the guy that met us in the store, no, he was a guy. But he was talking like a woman. <laughs> and so, my first reaction I like, said, wow, man, this tall black man is trying to be what? And the more we talked with him or I don't know, should I say she? I'm not sure what to, what to, no, 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 really, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be funny at all. So, so my initial contact was this sexuality, and then as we tried to converse, and he said to me, where are you from? I said, well, I was born in Nigeria, but I've lived here for a while, and I said, oh, I'm Nigerian too. Yeah. <laughs> so I said to him, I said, well, what's your name? He said, I'm Emeka. Ah, I said, Emeka. Okay, Good. So me and uh, my wife and this other couple we we tried to just navigate through that whole thing talking about how wow this thing is really all over the place and that particular store is like the only qualification to work there was to be like that yeah. Now I'm going somewhere with the story Remember Jesus minister say <laughs> why are you laughing like that professor <laughs> don't put that in lesson table <laughs> Now remember, Jesus loves the world. And from Mark chapter 5, he had to leave the multitudes to come to this place. you remember that? Don't forget that. Because in order for us to display the love of God, we must be completely rid of our prejudices, our biases. So I was in that store, I must confess, Biased prejudiced because I was so overtaken with the shock of what I was seeing, I did not even think about loving the guy or sharing the gospel. I, was just, I just wanted to get out of the store as, as quickly as possible. Seriously. So we went to where we were going. We held a meeting all day Friday from 9 to 5.30 p.m. And during the context of our meeting. One of the other pastors asked a question. He said, "Pastor Bank, what do we do when and if a practicing homosexual comes to our church? Is the grace message saying that they are fine, or you just I can't remember the exact verbiage of the question." Now, remember, we just left the store the day before. And so God delivered me. Before I could answer the question, the other pastor said, oh, by the way, the other week, her husband was preaching a message on love and acceptance, not knowing who was in the congregation. And at the end of the message, He gave a call. And a woman came to answer the call dressed as a man. Are you hearing prejudice already? He or she came to the altar and they prayed for he or she because I don't know what gender to use. Watch this. She went out. And she has not missed a Sunday service or a Wednesday since then. Then she came back, or he came back to the church and said to the pastor's wife, I'm married now. And we have a baby. So she didn't know what to do with it. Hugged her, congratulated her, congratulations, blah, 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 blah. And the next Sunday, she came with a partner holding the baby. And they both have not missed one service, Sunday and Wednesday, since then. Okay, I hear you guys whispering. You know, know, the Bible says, and Jesus answered them. (laughs) Let me answer you right now. (laughs) Yeah, they were a gay couple. Let me make it plain because some of you are whispering. Of course, of course. The pastor did not sanction the lifestyle. But the pastor absolutely sanctions the humanity. Because they were human beings first before they became gay. And I'm saying this to you in this house. Including yours. truly, we all must be delivered. All of us. I've been the chief of you. <laughs> because if we are going to love people, Jesus style, all of that is inclusive. Now, am I saying you endorse the lifestyle and approve? Absolutely not. I don't approve the lifestyle. I don't condone it. I don't, I, I don't accept it. No, the lifestyle is sin. But how is that scene different from the one you are seeing right now? The loss you are in. The pornography you are looking at. Oh, you think, you think God don't know that? Because you're watching at 2 o'clock in the morning, you think God didn't see you? So I'm saying to you, listen, the lifestyle is not right. No, it's not. But the church, it's a hospital. The church... Is a hospital. This is the place to get lifestyle adjustment. You cannot clean a fish until you catch it. Yes. Ooh. Come on. You didn't get cleaned up until Jesus caught you. You are living in your mess, living in your sin, and the grace of God reached down and pulled you up, planted you in him, and began to do a work in you. But he caught you first. I can't say any better. I don't accept the lifestyle, I don't endorse it, but I endorse their humanity. They were made in God's image and likeness. For God so loved the world except Is that what it says? No. Ah. Okay. So when the guy shared the testimony, I said to my wife and to the pastor that was with me in the store the day before, I said, "I'm delivered." <laughs> I'm delivered. Now, that deliverance is progressive. It does not mean that I'm, not, I'm just going to go now, carry them and begin to jump up. No, but at least I now know that God, that I must see them the way God sees them. And I'm warning you because they will come. Ah, oh, you, don't, you don't believe it? Mark my words. They will come. Thank you for saying that. Because that is a fact. I can't go there now. I can't go there now. So number one, we find the next person to love. Number two, we get over our prejudice. This man that Jesus dealt with in Matthew chapter five, Mark chapter 5 was the kind of man nobody wanted to do anything, anything to do with. He was alone. Probably because of the demonic influence and powers present in his life. And maybe perhaps because it scared people. So for people like this, people just walk around, circle around them and leave them alone. But Jesus demonstrated to us that the way we reach the world is to reach one person at a time. Whether they are the poor or the homeless or people with mental illness, people who have been to prison or people from a particular region of the world. People of another religion or people of different ethnicity. Jesus always moved toward mercy ministry. And he always took the opportunities that was afforded him. He see, you and I should not keep on telling people what everyone else says about them. What we need to tell them is what God sees about them. Amen. That's what this church, this pastor that I was telling them about, that's what they did. They could have looked at the woman and said, ah, you're a woman, you're just like a man. And tell her where to go, how to go there, and, and all that stuff. No. They saw her and spoke to her how God sees her. And that's been the difference. Now, I don't know when she, when and if she's going to change, but the fact that they are coming to church and hearing the word Sunday, Wednesday. What's the cleansing agent? The word of God. John 17, 17. Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is true. How else are we going to change them if we don't love them? Our world needs this love right now, desperately. Hatred gave birth to Al-Qaeda. Gave birth to ISIS. Yeah. Gave birth to Hezbollah. Hatred has caused Washington to come a gridlock. Mm-hmm. Nothing gets done. We can't keep on participating in that. We can't. The only way we're going to change the world, we're going to have to take on the image of who we are, the position that God has placed us, and begin to walk as Jesus walked. All of these different schisms, whether you are white or black, GOP or Democrat, Hezbollah or Pope, all of these things, all of these distinctions, one thing caught across, they're all human beings first. Human beings. And everybody needs loving. Let's move on. So number one, again, you look for the next person to love. Number two, you get over your prejudice. Number three, we all move toward mercy ministry. Give me verses 6 through 13. Loving people is mercy. It's very messy. It often requires taking time to get to know someone getting involved in their life and being willing to bear your own soul and actively helping and serving them. There is no such thing as as loving people that is not mercy. It's going to be mercy. Mercy in the sense that the person you are trying to love may not look like you, may not talk like you, you may not like a lot of things about them, and yet God is called us to love them. Let me tell you what has happened. When we knew we were going to meet with these pastors over the weekend, I told my wife, I said, let's do something special. Let's do something special. And I called the other pastors that's going to come, that's going to join us. I said, you know what? Let's make this a special occasion for this John Doe or Jane Doe pastor. Today is their birthday Today. And they wanted me to come and preach for them today, and I said, no, I will not. I didn't want to travel for the first two months of this year. So I said, I'm staying home. I will not come, but we will show love. So I called those pastors. I said, let's do something very unique and very special. Let's all bring a unique gift for this particular person. But besides that, when we finish our meetings on Friday, let's take them to the best restaurant in their region. Upscale. Actually, I called Pastor Tosin and I said, "Search for me the most upscale restaurant in that entire region." That's what I did. That's so they did. They searched. They found it. So we finished teaching about five thirty on Friday night, and then at seven thirty, we all got in the cars, we drove out. We had a nice dinner, and then at the appropriate time, we brought the gifts. And the person began to cry. You've not heard the rest of the story. And the husband was there, also crying. And so yesterday morning, she called my wife and I said, please put your wife on the speakerphone. So I put my wife on the speakerphone. She said, Pastor, I want you to know. She turned 55 today. She said, I want you to know that I was raised in a family of eight kids and I was very poor growing up. I've never had any celebration in my life. They said, I hardly have received no gift, not on Mother's Day or Christmas Day. Am I talking? He yeah. yeah. said, as this birthday was coming, she only had one desire, that if it was any way possible for God to bring her Physical family for them to come together. Her father, her mother, and her siblings. To just celebrate one time before they all die. I'm quoting what this person said to us. And that's all she was looking for. For her physical family to be together just one last time. To celebrate. But what God did trumped that. Because the physical family didn't come, but her Spiritual family were there. Amen. And she just started bohooing again. Now, why am I sharing this with you? I'm not sharing this with you to be impressed by us. I'm sharing it with you because I'm telling us we have to be intentional. Our loving the world can just not, it cannot just be left or something on the globe and say we love the world. What does that mean? And as we just saw with Jesus' ministry, it's going to be messy. Messy in the sense that it will cost you something. But that's the only way the world will know that we are different. So let's go to verses 6 through 13. Thank you, you're there already. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of most high God? Some of the people that God will send us to help, they will say the same thing to us. You missed it. You didn't hear me. Some of the people that God will send you and I to go and help will first receive the help. Why do you think they are resisting? They don't see themselves as worthy. Of what you're bringing. The world has told them. You are a as somebody. What are you here for? So when now you offer help. They say we, I'm not deserving of it. Why are you helping me? Go ahead and somebody else. They believe a lie. I beg you don't torture me. Next verse. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be in, to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter into them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the peaks and the entire herd of 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. So what's the point here? The resources that God has given you and I, the power that you have, the influence that you have, the wealth that you have, the privilege that we have, God wants you and I to bring them all to bear on the behalf of others. Okay, you guys didn't hear that. See, our wealth, our privilege, our resources, our influence, we we have this notion to think we have this is just for us. No, they're not just for us. God wants me and you to harness all of these resources to bear, to be a blessing on someone's life. Amen. That's the reason for the blessing. Not to, the blessing is not just to sit in Fidelity Bank or Sun trust or your car or your house, whatever it is that God has given you. Jesus, the most powerful man on the face of this earth, took the time away from the multitudes and used all his resources in that one moment to set one person free. Intentionally. Intentionally. Are you hearing me this morning? Folks, this is our journey in 2019. Unveiling Jesus to demonstrate his love in a tangible, intentional way. I said to the people I've met with all the different departments I've met this year already I said to them there's only one complaint I want to hear in each other this year one and that complaint is they are loving me too much they are loving me too much that's the only complaint I want to hear folks because if this does not become our culture then we're fake because it says by this shall you know that you're made disciples. Amen? Amen. Last, another list: leave an impression of God's love. Give me verses fourteen through twenty. Leave an impression of God's love. So, number one, I said to you: look for the next person to love. And as you are hearing me right now, and I want you to start thinking: who is that one person you are going to focus intentionally on loving this week? Don't pray about it. Christians lie too much in church. (laughs) You know who they are. You know those people that you can't stand. You know those people that irritate you. What, What are you praying about? What are you praying about? You already know. You already know. So I'm saying to you, make that decision. Look for the next person to love. Number two, get over your prejudice. they may be black white or brown they may be gay or not gay whatever they are get over the prejudice number 3 get ready for mercy ministry they will resist you they may not accept you they may be, they may be suspicious of you it's going to be work but this one work all of us are called to do and lastly number 4 leave an impression of god's love mark Mark chapter chapter 5, verse 14. The headsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons. He was sitting there, fully clothed, and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. What? Is this a joke or what? Then those who had seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. (laughs) As Jesus was getting to the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to show your family. You see where it starts? Family. Family and tell them everything the lord has done for you and how merciful he has been so the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region this is what love will do oh my god he started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things jesus had done for him and everyone was amazed at what he told them so what's the point leave an impression of God's love. Every time you and I look for people to love, every time we get over our prejudices, every time we move toward a messy ministry, we ultimately show people how God feels about them. We leave an impression and that impression is influential. Can you imagine this one man that Jesus touched? It became Jesus' advertisement. How are we going to grow the kingdom of God? How are we going to grow this ministry? We're going to grow the kingdom of God. We're going to grow this ministry by how we touch and love other people. Period. Because love now will speak for us in the marketplace. Love will speak for us in our businesses. Love will speak for us everywhere we go. We have to be intentional in our loving. Let me read one more verse of scripture. Go back to that verse 14. The headsmen fled to the nearby town and surrounding countryside spreading the news as they ran. Now, we've addressed the obvious. I want us to take a minute and talk about the one what's not so obvious. How did this all start? these herdsmen were feeding the pigs. Their job, their ministry was pigs feeding. By the time Jesus got involved, the pigs, I mean the demons ran into the pigs, the pigs into the water, their business was over. Oh, you didn't get it. The 2,000 pigs that they were feeding were destroyed. What are they gonna do now? Their business is taken away, their job is taken away. What's left for them to do? They became evangelists. Because now the headsmen fled to the nearby town and surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. They changed occupation. They were feeding pigs, now they're spreading the good news. God wants to change your occupation. Yes. He wants to place a new word in your mouth. He wants to place a new tool in your life. God wants to do a new work in you. Hallelujah! It will happen as you yield yourself to the hand of God. Are you ready to be one that God will use to make an impression? We need to start more conversations, take more actions, and spread the good news. It's very easy. It's very easy to do. You go to the store this afternoon, that person at the cash register, talk to them. How are you doing? What's your name? What are you going to do after, the, after your shift is over? How is your weekend? You never know what people are carrying in their heart until you open the conversation up. You know, we talk about love, 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 and we think it's just married, husband and wife. No, no, no. Even for all singles. You're not going to save, how should I say this? You're not going to stop loving just until you get married. Love don't start when, you, when you're married. Love is every day. All right. It's every day. Whether you're single or married, it doesn't matter. Every day. Person next, door to, next to you, in, your, in the cubicle next to you, what kind of conversation are you carrying on with them? Your next door neighbor. What kind of conversation are you carrying out with them? So the point of this whole message is we need to begin to love Jesus style. Don't let's look at this from a global, yes, our scope is global. But in actuality and in practice, it is one by one. So this morning, as we close now, as we pray, I want to close now. I want you to have in your mind right now that one person, that one person. One family, one person, one man, one woman, no matter who they are, one person that you will intentionally, like a laser, focus the love of God on. Let's pray about that right now. Okay, maybe, just make sure I'm not speaking to the wrong crowd. Is there anybody here that needs to love somebody here today? Is there anybody that, can, that thinks you, 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 there's someone you can love? Uh, no, okay, uh, just about four of us. The rest of you... The rest of you, maybe you're already in heaven. You just, you have an out of body experience being here. Yeah. Let's just stand to our feet for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is a very simple message. Very simple. But it's a message that we can put legs and hands to right now. Just as a testimony for you, at the beginning of this year, I told my wife, there are two people that I'm intentionally loving, two people. And every week, I'm meeting with them, intentionally, every week, as we speak. Now, they don't even know what my, what my goal is, they don't know that this is what I'm doing. But I just said that every time, I meet with them every week, outside of church, every week. Why? I can't bottle up this love that God has given me. Just pulling me. I need to give it out. So I'm saying to you, find someone. Find someone. And unleash the love of God in you to them. And watch how God will change your life. And glorify his name. Amen. That's the reason we exist. And so Father, we thank you. Thank you for the privilege that we have to be your love bearers. He said in your word, in Romans chapter five, verse five, that the Holy Spirit is being shed abroad in the hearts. That the love of God is being shed abroad in the hearts by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so, Father God, we thank you that our love comes out and touches someone today, 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 and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Amen. Help us to live out for your honor, and for your glory, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, "Amen." Amen. Well.